Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hi, everyone. Katie Crocus here. Welcome back to another Decades of Strength podcast. I will be co-hosting today along with Kim Schlag and Marcy Nevin, right back from the holiday weekend. How are you ladies? Hi. Yeah, we're back at it. Back at it. I know. Well, I'm happy to be here because it's been at least a couple week hiatus where the three of us have been mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So, so yeah. last week we released a, a podcast that Marcy, you and I recorded like several days prior And uh, that was because I had been traveling in Colorado. Kim had a chaotic schedule. Marcy had things going on the holiday week. So we just decided it was best to break them apart that way. And we didn't plan this, but this is actually going to be part two for a couple reasons. If you had a chance to listen to that podcast, we talked about lessons we've learned from weight gain. And Marcy and I took up every bit of the first uh, 40 minutes or so that Zoom would let us record before it bumped us off. So you may, you probably realize it was a rather abrupt ending. And so here we are to circle Kim in with all sorts of extra added value and really continue the conversation, build it out a little bit more and um, wrap it up nicely because we just felt like there was so much more to say. Mm, absolutely. So awesome. yeah, before we dive in, is there any any news, anything exciting that anyone wants to share? Anything you're loving lately? Anything happening in your world? Um, I don't know if it, my hair turned green in the pool yesterday. And that oh. was my biggest worry yesterday until, <laughs> guys, you got to hear this. this is crazy. Our country is a mess. I, and I'm not to get political. And it always feels close to home, but it felt even closer to home last night. We, where we were going to go to the fireworks last night, there was gun violence. Oh, oh no. I don't know if you guys heard about it, but. Chicago, was, I heard, but. Well, I there was a shooting in Philadelphia last night. <gasps> Did not hear about Two that. Two cops got shot at the fireworks that I was going to go to. And we decided at the last minute not to go because I got nervous because Philadelphia has had a, a real surge in violence. And um, we were going to do it. And like we were on the phone with my kiddo who lives in the city because of school and they're trying to get out of where they're at because a lot of gun violence has taken place near his girlfriend's apartment. And um, we were going to do it. And finally we're like, it's late. It's not, I'm like, ah, oh, we're just not going to do it. And sure enough, like, crowds like scattering people like running into buildings to try and get like mobs of people running because of gunshots anyway I woke up this morning thinking it's okay that my hair is green (laughs) at least I wasn't there (laughs) isn't that crazy when things can really be put into perspective because I was really frustrated yesterday with the fact that my hair was green because my hair is freaking expensive it's not real it's it's my extensions so I got home and I was all annoyed and this was just really like bugging me and then late last night when I heard that, I was like, all right, I'll take green hair. Like I can. Yes. Green, yeah. It's one of those green things hair that like, and puts in perspective. And all the, all the, I mean, I mean, Kim, something inside of you told you not to go too. And that's yeah. remarkable that you, you heard that voice and you listened to it. And, and even in the moment, if you thought it was something like, oh, all right, whatever. I just don't feel like it. Like mm-hmm. you, you hung on to that. Like yeah. that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Scary, I know, scary stuff out there. My mom texted me the other day. She's like, are you okay? I saw there was an 
armed robbery at Trader Joe's. And it's like, if, that's obviously how well people know me that like, oh, you're, you were probably at Trader Joe's at some point today. So yeah. making sure that it, every, but yeah, I mean, I guess the story was, I mean, cause I live in one of apparently the most safest towns in California mm-hmm. and over the years, like, yes, you know, there has been more crime that has been happening. I mean, like my car has gotten broken into, like there are robberies that happen around, but I guess there was a, a group of women who had been in the city, like San Francisco, they were driving a Bentley and some guys saw them, followed them home. It's like a 45 minute drive and then robbed them at gunpoint in the Trader Joe's parking lot. Oh my goodness. I know. So it's like, always have your guard up, always pay attention to your intuition, you know? So yeah, I can, I'm not good about that. My ex-boyfriend used to get so mad. He's like, Marcy, you do not pay attention to anything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it can be true. I just kind of, you know, like I walk around like, da, 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 like head in the sky, but yeah, just a reminder to always have your guard up for sure. Yeah. And, and, and be like we said, you know, be grateful, put things in perspective. Absolutely. So anyway. that's a good, that's a good reminder for all of us, a good little reset you know, intuition check, you know, here we are, we're midway through 2022 already. We've been through so much in the past couple years and things are now starting to sort of find their flow again, it seems within everybody's going back and going on traveling and going on vacations and, and living, living our lives. But, um, it's just so important to remember like where we've come from and what we've overcome already. And yeah, just how to continue to be mindful and vigilant and, and have gratitude, I think. So Mm-hmm. That nice, lovely reminders, ladies. Thank you for that. So we'll, we'll pivot here. Like speaking of your intuition and, and, you know, trusting your gut and, and, and knowing what's important. I really um, like how this ties into the idea of lessons we've learned from weight gain, because I think so often everybody takes the idea of weight gain and thinks it's automatically, oh, there's something negative. Like it's something's not going well in life. If somebody gained weight or, something went wrong or they must be going through a hard time. And, and by the way, also if somebody loses a bunch of weight, sometimes this is, mm-hmm. this goes through people's minds too. But I think so even like bigger than lessons I learned from, from weight gain, but maybe lessons I learned from finding a settling point of my weight that felt easier might even be like the extension of this. So uh, what I'd like to do since Marcy, you and I talked in depth about our own experiences last time is briefly, Kim, have you touch on sort of like the what, how, like when you, you gained a little bit of weight and, uh, and how that went for you. Yeah, sure. Well, most recently, um, and a lot of you have been along for the ride for all of this, so I'll keep it brief. Um, you know, I had had a massive weight loss many years ago, uh, lost a substantial amount of weight, went from being obese to being a really healthy weight to actually being a little bit underweight to being a really healthy weight. And I had maintained that healthy weight for a long time and did not foresee the wrench that was long haul COVID coming into Mm -hmm. my life and gained a a good chunk of weight. It was over 20 pounds uh, and lost muscle because I wasn't training at all. It was many months of me sitting on the sofa or laying in bed. And Mm -hmm. so um, it was over 20 pounds of weight gain and losing muscle. And I looked very different. And that was very hard for me especially as you can imagine listening. I mean, I'm somebody in the fitness industry. I'm somebody who gets on video and talks about like, yeah, you can lose weight in your forties. And here I am, like, clearly I have gained weight and was much softer looking. So that was really mentally challenging for me. And it was really daunting to face the prospect. It is not easy to lose 
a lot of weight. It is not. And we all help people to do that easier. Like we make it easier, but in no way is it ever easy. And I knew that very well. And I was really bummed that I, that that Mm -hmm. was something I had to face coming off of feeling so sick for so many months and being exhausted. I was like, okay, this is, this is what's next. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I went all in on it. I was able to lose the weight, but still to this day, like I'm almost a year past finishing that fat loss phase. No, not quite. I finished it in August of last year. Um, but I still like, I've not quite gotten rid of that softness factor. Like I would love to either, and wait a minute, let me take that back. I don't know if I would love to lose a little weight and gain more muscle. Cause if I really lo- would love to, I would have freaking done it by now. And I've been very ambivalent about it. Like I just have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you, you sort of thought you sort of settled in a place that you didn't think was your, your goal in the beginning. Yes. And I don't know that I will stay here or that I want to stay here, but I don't want to change enough to actually do too much about it is where I'm at. I'm yeah. kind of in a gentle fat loss phase. I'm kind of doing lean habits um, and really just kind of eating to satisfaction and stopping um, uh, eating when I'm hungry, stopping when I'm satisfied, you know, eating without snacking throughout the day, unplanned snacking, doing those kinds of things. But I'm just not mentally interested in a fat loss phase with counting calories. Um, I thought I was like a week or two ago <laughs> and I told Amanda Thebe, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I immediately, I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Stop well, even I, saying that, Kim. <laughs> I like how you called that lean habits because I think the problem with any sort of, any sort of temporary habit generally means the weight loss will be temporary too, unless you really have a way to foundationally work uh, lean habits back in again. Yeah. So obviously we've talked about how, go ahead. You look like you're going to say something. Well, Katie, to be clear, I didn't make that up. That's oh, <laughs> lean habits. That's now my thing. This is our friend. Do you know Georgie Fear, Katie? Do you know Georgie? No, Fair? I don't. Marcy, no. you know Georgie, don't you? Yeah. Georgie's incredible. She's been on my podcast a couple of times. Like I'm a huge, uh, I just really support her work. It's a fabulous book. I've done challenges. There's two highlights on my Instagram stories where I led my whole Instagram audience through this before. It was like, I think it was mid 2020, like in the summer of 2020, I think is when it was maybe mm-hmm. before that. And I led them all through like a lean habits challenge. We went through Georgie four main habits that you can work stack. So you can look at that ladies, if you're mm-hmm. listening and you're like, I want to see more about that. Um, there's two highlight circles where I walked my whole audience through it for several months. Okay. I didn't make that up. Okay. So we've all been in a place. I think I might be the only one currently or speaking from a place where I'm currently at my highest weight in a long, long time but we've all sort of been in a place where we've gained weight and we've had some, some strong takeaways. So um, Mars, let me switch over to you. I know we ta- I know, I feel like I talked a lot in, at the end of the last episode. So I want to sort of give you the floor. Are there some lessons that you've learned from when you were in a place where it was just a more comfortable weight, where you weren't following a protocol, where you didn't have, um, you know, where you didn't have to necessarily keep something in check. I don't know if this, if this resonates with you or because your lifestyle has to sort of incorporate certain behaviors to, to manage your autoimmune? What mm-hmm. can you, can you talk a little bit about any of those things? Yeah. I mean, I do live a very regimented lifestyle. I'll be honest. And I think people could look at me and be like, oh, she's really restrictive or something like that. And it's, it's not necessarily for a physique purpose. I mean, yes, I prefer to be a little bit leaner. So I like to call myself lifestyle lean. So mm-hmm. I'm not uber shredded. I like that where- term. Did you make that up? I did make that up. And you know what? <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I think Lifestyle I did like lead. years ago. 
years ago. I even like coined my coaching program lifestyle lean for at some point. Um, and now I've seen it like thrown around by other people. And I'm like, mm, not that they're like ripping me off, but anyway. Um, yeah. So I came up with that a couple of years ago. And basically what that is, is you are lean enough to where you feel good in your body. You feel comfortable. There's not that like, Oh, you know, I wish I could lose the last, or even if you did wish you could lose the last five pounds, like it's not taking up that much mental real estate in your head. Mm -hmm. And then also you're able to live your lifestyle in a way that is not super regimented or restrictive. So I used to be way more restrictive than I am now because I was following that autoimmune paleo protocol for I think six years. And if you think paleo is restrictive, like try this version, it's paleo on steroids. I don't want to. No, 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 you don't. You don't. I mean, like essentially for those who don't know, it is no gluten, no grains, no eggs, no dairy, no alcohol, no nuts and seeds, no nightshades, no coffee. Oh, I think that's it. What is it? Protein and vegetables? Like some basically it's basically like protein, vegetables, fruit, sweet potatoes, that kind of thing. Like no, no white potatoes, no tomatoes, no peppers, because those are nightshades. And I have psoriasis, which is an autoimmune skin condition. And those things can really, or they say they can flare your skin problems. So I've avoided that. Um, and Marty, that sounds like an old school competition diet to me. Almost. Oh, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Um, okay. yeah. So except no eggs, except no yeah. eggs yeah. and no rice, right? right? No rice. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. So, and, and I finally like found my groove with it. And it was one of those things where after a while it didn't really become that challenging mentally. I never felt like I couldn't go and live my life. I mean, sometimes if I was going to someone else's house to eat, it was a little bit challenging because I didn't have control over what I was doing, but that didn't come up too often. And then I think the other, the biggest challenge really was the hyper around certain like hidden ingredients. So nightshades have paprika, excuse me, are paprika, cayenne, all of those spices that are used in a lot of packaged foods or used at restaurants. And I was just very anal about it at the time. I'm like, oh no, I'm not touching any of that. So always having to scrutinize labels and make sure that what I was eating out at a restaurant, that things were safe. So I've definitely gotten away from that for the most part. There are still some things that I choose not to eat like gluten and dairy for sure. Um, but everything else, you know, if it creeps in every now and then, like no big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was challenging for sure. And I definitely have to be more, more mindful than the average person. So mm -hmm. I don't drink alcohol or I do very, very rarely. Um, but it's just gotten to the point now where I don't make a big deal about it. And I don't want other people to have to change the way they're living, what they are doing to accommodate me. So I just try to, to make it work. Um, okay. so yeah, that's kind of when it comes to my health issues, but yeah, at the same time, like I, I like to maintain a leaner physique, so I don't go all out, you know, on holidays or weekends or mm -hmm. things like that. And I feel better that way. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, I, I prefer to feel good in my body, you know? Okay. Yeah. So this is so interesting, Mars, because the way that you're describing your, and I, and I say, I'm going to use the word diet here as food you eat, not diet. Yeah, because wait, wait, you, 
Right. Way of eating. Right. Way you describe this way of eating is um, I was truly eating when I was at my leanest, I was eating very similarly to that. And I was doing it because I thought it was keeping me healthier. Now I didn't have any autoimmune issues. I thought it was keeping me healthier. I thought it was keeping me from overeating. I thought it was keeping me from emotionally eating. But for me coming from a totally different place than you, I'm seeing now that I was restricting. That was like your current lifestyle and habits for you and what keeps you healthy actually was a detriment to me. And it was, it was me restricting, um, which is like short-term in the fat loss phase. Like for most people, I think it's fine. But for me, like it was a lifestyle and it was like keeping me disconnected from my body and keeping me unsatisfied. And I didn't even know it because it became so easy. And, you know, we talk about how um, there are ways to make it easier, Kim, like you said. And for me, like I knew every shortcut, I knew how to do it all. And so my perspective today at a different weight is that, huh, I really wasn't that satisfied. I was hungry a lot emotionally, like in my brain, I could have eaten a lot more than I did, even though my calories were like 22 to 23 to 2,400. Um, and it was just the lack of satiety for me. So I feel like it's very interesting that, um, you know, something that is supporting your health in a really holistic, important, valuable way um, was not as good for me. And I hope that there's people listening out there understanding that just because this works for one person with, with their lifestyle and their genetics and their biology doesn't mean it's right for another in terms of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Cause again, I really want to make sure Kim, we touch on some of the lessons and experiences that you had, um, and takeaways basically from, from your weight gain. Do you want to, can you touch on yeah. any of those? So two big ones, and I'll just start with one and then we can kind of chit chat and then we can come back to the other one. I'm going to give you the biggest lesson learned. And I, I talked to a lot of people about this and, um, and that is you deserve who have clothes that fit you well, that you feel good in mm. at the weight you are at now. So if you have gained weight, shoving yourself into clothes that do not fit is mentally messing with your mind. It's going to make it harder for you to lose weight, even though you think you're like, you're going to um, what punish yourself maybe into needing to lose weight because those jeans hurt. It's not the case. It's mm -hmm. not the case. It really messes with your mind. You are going to feel so much better and be more successful. And you just frankly deserve clothes that fit your body so that you feel good, that you're not um, uncomfortable when you sit or mm -hmm. when you bend over, you deserve that. And um, find, you know, whether that's you're going to a wedding soon and you're like, I can't fit in any of these dresses. That doesn't mean you have to like smush into one. Mm -hmm. If that involves you going to a thrift store because money's tight, go to a thrift store. Like you deserve to feel good and comfortable in your clothes. When I had gained all that weight and I was finally going to be up off the couch, I was like, I will literally not fit in any of these clothes. And one of the first things I did, um, because it was winter, so I was going to be wearing pants and I wanted something that was not just sweatpants, which is what I'd been wearing when I was sick. And I went jean shopping and I bought myself a bigger pair of jeans, even though I knew like the goal was going to lose 20 pounds wasn't happening that winter, like that winter, I still needed pants to wear. And so I went and bought some. And mm. so that's what I would encourage you to do. Those of you who are listening and you've gained some weight, whatever comes next, whether you lose a ton of weight, a little bit of weight or no weight, you deserve clothes that fit you and feel good on your body now. 
I love that. And the other, I'm going to piggyback on that because when I gained weight a couple of times, so, you know, what was four or five years ago, and then most recently over the past, I mean, I guess it had been about a year or so. I actually felt more uncomfortable wearing tight clothes, like leggings. So a lot of times someone will gain weight and like, well, I'm never going to get out of these yoga pants. Mm. And for me, like it actually felt worse. So I felt comfortable being in looser clothes. So joggers, sweats, like even dresses or skirts, even if the dresses were more form fitting, like if they weren't constricting my legs, which is where all of my weight goes, I just felt better. Um, but flowy dresses, flowy skirts, things like that. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I prefer doing that. So yes, if you need to buy bigger clothes for sure, but also what clothes make you, what types of clothes make you feel your best? Yeah. Really thinking like what makes me feel good about myself and wearing those things and and confident too, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I think it's so much more than just the feeling of the clothes on your body. It's the message you're sending to yourself that is saying, I am worthy of feeling good at any size, no matter where I am. It's, and that may, and it doesn't even stop there. That is a message that I think that a lot of us um, tamp down or don't always allow ourselves to feel um, that it is such a, a, a radical gift of self-care to buy yourself clothing that feels good on you. And not just like clothing that fits you, but clothing that actually feels nice on your body. Yeah. So I get, and I'm not, and, again, and I'm not suggesting anybody go and break the bank on something that they feel is going to be temporary, but we all know you can go to Target, you can go to Costco and you can find comfortable things. You can find jeans and you can find sweaters and tank tops. And um, I feel like a lot of these stores have made that sort of softness really available at an affordable price point. So um, no, you don't, you don't need to go to a boutique and and, and spend a lot of money on something to feel really good and remind your body that you are, you are worthy and you do love it for sure. Absolutely. And then the second thing I would say is, um, to be very intentional and thoughtful about your next steps. Like, do you really want to lose weight? If so, why do you want to lose weight? And what's, what's the end goal? Like, what is the feeling you're looking to have? And is losing weight going to give that to you? Is it something else entirely that you need or something else you need in addition to that? And, um, I think a lot of people will resonate with the fact that when I say this, no matter what size I have been, I have always thought like, there's something else I could do. Like I could build more muscle. I could lose a, I could stand to lose a few more pounds. I could do more to see my abs. And this was how I felt when I was 118 pounds. This is how I felt when I was 128 pounds. This is how I felt at every weight I was. I always kept thinking like, well, maybe I'll like lose a few more pounds. I'll tighten up a little bit more. Um, So at some point asking yourself, when will I choose to be happy with the weight I'm at? Is that now? If it's not, and I do, because many people, and I'm not trying to poo-poo anybody's desire to lose weight. I am not somebody who's going to tell you, you shouldn't want to lose weight. I'm absolutely here to support you in that if that's what you want. But I want you to be really clear on what is the end goal and why is that the end goal? Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get back to X number of pounds, because that's when um, the weight you were before you had kids or the weight you were in high school. I would say question that. I would say like question that. Is that an appropriate goal for you? Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, what is it you're looking to achieve? Mm-hmm. 
Well, oh, Kim, that's so powerful. And then another question to consider is, is losing weight a band-aid for something else? Yes. So some other type of insecurity. And this happens a lot with people who struggle with some sort of addiction, whether that's alcohol or drugs or shopping or like you name it. And in like the recovery world, they call it addiction shifting. So you get sober off of one thing and then you don't actually do the deeper inner work that mm -hmm. led to that addiction in the first place or that, well, I'll call it a coping mechanism um, because there, there are different levels of that. And so if you don't, and you're just putting a bandaid on a bullet wound, then once you get off that one thing, you're going to find something else to self-soothe, to numb, to distract. And oftentimes I feel like weight loss is that thing for many people. And I experienced that myself. I mean, a lot of my, I guess, core wounding would be that I, I'm not seen. I live in other people's shadows, you know, so a lot of like shame type stuff. And thinking that losing weight, having a better physique would take that all away. And it doesn't like, yes, maybe I feel more comfortable in my clothes. I feel better about my body, but all of those underlying deeper emotions, they were still there. So it doesn't go away just because you shed the weight. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you touched on that, Marcy. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I get so many messages from women saying, I feel like I have to work out every day and I, I need to do this in order to dot, 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 whatever. And it usually comes down to something like feeling seen or feeling good enough. And it's like, you deserve to eat breakfast every day, even if you don't work out, even if your favorite pair of jeans doesn't fit you, even if you overate yesterday, like you still need to eat again today. And so doing that deeper work to kind of heal some of those stories that we tell ourselves um, is a critical component. And sometimes it's really hard to do when you're super lean because you're getting all sorts of great feedback and you're like, yay me, everyone's telling me how great I am. But when you kind of find yourself in a different headspace, um, you might be forced to do some of that harder work, but you know what, then that means it's done. Like once you've accomplished that, it's, there's an entirely new level of freedom. And suddenly, um, I just feel like the world for me has opened up a little bit and, and my priorities are just so different and I find value in so many other things. And at the end of the day, I've learned that nobody cares about my weight, but me, mm -hmm. literally nobody like you ladies did not kick me off the podcast when I gained weight. Um, people did not want to, people didn't stop talking to me when I gained weight. I didn't lose my husband. My kids still love me. Like all of the things that I value most in my life are all still here. And actually I, I embrace them even harder at this point because my focus is on other things. So and Katie, Again. to be honest, I didn't notice you gained weight. And I think that's so often the case. We think everybody, and obviously like when somebody gains an extreme amount of weight, somebody might notice, but so often in our minds, we're like, whoa, everybody notices I gained weight and they have no freaking clue. Mm -hmm. yeah. I had no I'd idea. say as much as 10 to 15 pounds, nobody could ever tell. No, I never. No idea. Yeah. Uh, and another thing about that, because I think a lot of times we do want, we do seek weight loss as a way to seek validation or approval. 
And sometimes it has the opposite effect. I know this was the case for me. Now, granted, I got way too thin at certain points in my life to the point where people almost became a little, uh, I don't want to say nervous, but like scared for me, like wondering what's going on. And so here I am thinking I look great. And other people are like, is everything okay? You know, like, are you sick? Is it like, you know, are you sure that you're okay? Like that, kind of, I mean, in college, like I lost friends over it. My friends became so uncomfortable with mm. my look, with my habits, with my micromanaging everything that they literally ostracized me. And then they had an intervention. So just be, and I'm not saying that everyone takes it to the extreme, but sometimes you get negative feedback or you're trying to lose the weight. You do start losing the weight. And then there are people who might be threatened by that because you are touching on something with like untapped potential within them. They want to lose weight too. And so like the whole crabs in the bucket mentality, they will make comments to try to pull you back down to their level. So, you know, it can come with many different, I guess, struggles that mm -hmm. it doesn't always go the way that you want it. Um, and then also sometimes people don't notice at all. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, I'm putting in all this work and no one's noticing. Um, so yes, that's why the inner validation has to be there first. Um, mm -hmm. So learn to acknowledge yourself, validate yourself, because one last thing I'll say is if you do not love yourself first, if you cannot validate yourself, regardless of what's happening around you, what other people are saying or not saying, then all of those positive comments are going to be very fleeting. Mm -hmm. It's like that immediate dopamine hit. And then a few minutes later, you're back down to baseline, not feeling great about yourself. I think it's so important that this conversation is now rising up in this space more than ever. I think as coaches, we're seeing that the people that offer the most value are the ones that are bringing along this conversation for the ride and the coaching. And Kim, I know you do a lot of this with your clients where it's not, and again, we, we don't go out of scope. None of us are therapists or doctors, but this is, this is conversation that you have within your group as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you to be successful long-term with any kind of health behavior change, physique change, these kinds of things, you can't just focus on macros and workouts. Like it, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things to talk about. And the kind of stuff we're talking about here is a big part of the stuff I coach around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Marcia, I see you posting too with it as well. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else that you ladies want to add before we sort of tie this together? I think I've covered the two things I really wanted to say. Katie, was there anything else that, that you had? No, not really. Again, I, I had, I think, about five things in the last episode. So if you didn't catch part one of this, go back. Um, and uh, certainly in the last half of that, Marcy really and I really get into the meat of, of the lessons that we learned from our experiences. But um, no, I think I've got everything shared as well. Marcy, anything else from you? Yeah, I have one more point that I thought about earlier. And... That is like, let's say you're in the, at the point where you were Katie, where I was at multiple points in my life, where being too lean is actually taking from you. So mm -hmm. from your energy, from your enthusiasm for life, from your vitality, from like, I mean, so many things. So it, when I gained, you know, five or 10 pounds, even though, eh, you know, slightly uncomfortable, prefer to be a little bit leaner, 
I felt so much better. I had way more energy. My training improved immensely. I was recovering better. I was sleeping better. I had more mental capacity for other things in my life because I wasn't so food focused or, you know, worrying about maintaining that level of leanness. So sometimes I feel like we don't understand how good our bodies are really meant to feel. And it isn't until we get to the other side where we push through that discomfort, we allow ourselves to go somewhere where we thought we would never go before that we're like, oh, this is how good I am. Like, this is how good I can feel. And when you achieve that, you're like, uh, really no desire to go back. You know, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You were kind of saying this too about relationships. And I know I touched on it in the last episode, but when you are, when you are in that cycle and when you are underweight and, and the, the methods that you have to do to either get there or sustain that are so restrictive, you are not present like in your life for other people. So are your relationships going to improve? And when that happens, when you are feeling more fulfilled, when you are seeking more joy and your life is just all around more pleasurable, like, yeah, you start focusing on your body less. And as you guys mentioned, no one really cares because my biggest lesson overall, people care more about how you make them feel and far less about how you look. Bravo. That was, that was a beautiful close. Love it. We're going to say something else. (laughs) Well, the only, the only thing that I would add is it reminded me as you were talking about like how much easier things get around like maybe 10 pounds above where everybody thinks they really want to be. I remember when I was at my leanest and again, like eating plenty of calories, feeling like I should be fine, totally like physically full every day, but like being out or being at an event or looking at somebody else who was not in the same place I was in terms of low body fat. And they would just have no, like they weren't even aware of the food. Okay. Or like if we had a cake in the house or if we had chocolate covered pretzels or some highly palatable food, I would always be thinking about it. And I would look at this other woman and be like, she's not even thinking about it. What's that Mm. like? What does Mm. that, how is that even possible? And that my friends is the difference between super lean. And then there's lifestyle lean Mars like you. And then there's, you know, the point where I am, where I'm not like, I'm not even thinking about all the crap and junk that we had in our house from the holiday weekend. I ate less this holiday weekend. I was so busy working on my project, the, the, you know, the dry goods bars you see behind me that I like, I'm forgetting to eat. Like I'm at the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, how long has it been? When was the last time I ate? And I, there was a time in my life when I really never thought I would be here. I thought I would always be like fixated on the next meal, thinking about the next bite, that kind of thing. So there is, Yes, I'm not in a small body anymore. And sometimes I do miss that. It, I, I won't lie. It's not like I look at my body every day and I'm like, I'm totally accepting. I'm still working on that. But there's so many other things that are just incredibly easy for me now. Um, and I can just like partition my energy into so many places that that in and of itself makes me not want to go back. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're under, like, even when you're underfueled and you're underweight, even though you think you feel good, yeah, yeah. you don't have like the, the mental energy or brain power even to, to think about other things or to do other things. So that is such a good point. And then you could even flip it in reverse that when you find things that fulfill you, I always say, create a life that you don't need to escape from. Uh, so people who struggle with emotional eating or drinking as a way to 
cope with whether it's uncomfortable emotions or just overall dissatisfaction in their life. When you find ways to do what you were doing, Katie, to feel more fulfilled and, and like get into that, I call it the flow state. Yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. You don't need food and alcohol as much to make you feel better. And you do use it more for meaningful experiences mm. you know, where you're like conscious about it. So I yeah. love that. I actually get what you're saying. Like, I don't just yeah. hear you, but like, I feel it too. Oh, amazing. Oh, so proud of you. Happy for you. <laughs> well, thanks ladies. Thank you for giving the space to, to do these two episodes. They obviously, I'm sure people can tell they were sourced from me. This was something that I really feel passionate about. And I wanted to talk about, um, in this space. So thank you for that. And if there's anyone out there who feels like they need some more support, I currently am not coaching, you know, but you can always send me a DM and Kim and Marcy, you guys are obviously available to uh, have different, um, different types of coaching to support someone's needs in this capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Cause this is the real work people. It is. Yeah. So if you are not building the mental and emotional foundation, then you are achieving fat loss on a house of cards or, or like a deck of cards that can just mm. topple over at the slightest gust of wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, thanks ladies. Thanks ladies. Sure. I hope everyone has a great week and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.